0: You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Don't much, don't think. Now, listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of moats to discover red. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the first to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man, but you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now, hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rained. Special kind of responsibility, the ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry, grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls, keep your love strong. So, Static Crowbar, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me,
1: Proxy Fox. It's, uh, <laughs> we have such a long and
0: weird history. I was just... Oh, man. Because, uh, okay, this is going to be an, a wild ride for, for a podcast. Because you have been kind of all over the place, uh, mm-hmm. both in your creative aspects and literally traveling around. Because when we when we met in 2014, you were still stationed in Japan. Iwakuni. Bless you. It sounds delightful, <laughs> <Zude>. though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a great little town.
0: And at the time, we were both doing YouTube content. I had just started out. I don't know how long. When did you start? making videos for YouTube, and for what purpose?
1: Well, boy, I'm going to have to go into the archive to get an exact date, but I want to say it was 2014, and um, I had uh, been watching Let's Plays, mostly from Cryotic, and um, fell in love with his playthrough of The Cat Lady, uh, which is a phenomenal game if you've never played it. Highly recommend it. And he during his playthrough, he had mentioned that it was a pseudo-sequel to Downfall. And that game was... Um, he recommended, you know, checking that game out. I was like, sweet, I'll go watch Christ play of Downfall. And he didn't have one. So I was like, okay, well, has anyone else played this game? And I couldn't find a single playthrough of that game on on YouTube, Vimeo, nothing. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll go follow PewDiePie's advice, pick up a $10 mic, and try this Let's Play thing for myself. And um, it, I fell in love with the process then, even though I wasn't very good at it, and it all just kind of took off from there. Um, I think it was shortly after I completed downfall. No. After downfall, it was recommended that I play. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of that horror game with the camera. You just streamed this uh, uh, back in Spooptober. Outlast. Outlast. That's the one. And um, shortly after that, I sent out a found some people who were just getting started on YouTube. sent out a mass request you know hey I've got three licenses for this game called Bloody Trapland looking to collaborate if you're a YouTuber hit me up and some weird person by the name of um, Proxy Fox and uh, someone else by the name of Catharsis and he was then known as Mr. Zanke all responded and uh, that was I think that was how you and I actually met was through that tweet
0: Uh, I'm going to Pop a correction in there, because uh, Mr. Mordecai. Please, please do. Mr. Mordecai was the other one that oh, we hopped yeah. in with, because he was hanging in Germany. <laughs> I was going to say Zanke, great not guy. Zanke. <laughs> Mr. Not Zanke.
1: Mr. Zanke's in the Discord. Yeah, Mr. Mordecai. Yes, thank you.
0: Who I haven't heard from in forever. He's the next one I'm going to have to track down and see if he ever uh, put together the game he was working on. Yeah. So yes. I remember at the time, he was working on something. Some sort of a, uh, I forget what he was trying to make it like, but anyway, might have been slender. I remember responding to that the I had just gotten into Twitter when I was starting the YouTube channel. It's weird that you say 2014 I figure you might have started much earlier than I did because I was the tail end of 2014 and it, it felt like very shortly after I had started trying to do the YouTube thing that I saw a tweet from static crowbar looking to collaborate. And I was like, yeah, what the heck? I'm so into doing things with other people. And I just started. So, like, I have nothing to lose. I'm not too big for my britches. Right. And then, oh man, Bloody Trapland spawned so much between you, myself, and Catharsis.
1: That was where friendships were made and <sighs> Lag was loved and... I, I have to make a correction to myself. I just pulled up my channel. My first upload was November 6, 2013.
0: Okay, so you had about a year ahead of me. Because I think I was in October, September or October of 2014, when the Yeah Dude Gamers channel was made.
1: And that was when you were streaming with um, uh, Demon X, right?
0: Yeah, it was just him and I that started it up and now it things have evolved so much since then it's very strange I don't think back on it a lot but I do make points for myself where I'm like take a minute go back and watch some of my old stuff and like appreciate where I am now compared to where we started
1: yes yes Uh, I I tend to do the same thing I'll go back and I'll start looking at my downfall playthroughs and I was like man this is terrible (laughs) this is just horrible. I, I can't even watch uh, uh, Downfall which is a shame because I love that game but I have no desire to ever play that game again because it just messed with my head so much as I played it. So
0: It's weird like yesterday I was going through some of your your old archive videos on YouTube from years ago uh, and of course came across some that I hadn't found before. Of course you have a lot from the the Mass Effect series which was, I remember you were working on that around the time that we were collaborating a lot here and there. And Mm -hmm. you and John Crow, I think, were like two of the people that I was kind of trying to follow in the footsteps of because John was like the one of us that was doing pretty well as far as his YouTube channel was going. He had a lot more subscribers than the rest of us.
1: Yep, And
0: he seemed to have a good handle on what he was doing. And now, of course, I associate him with the the Hitman series because that's what he was doing a lot of at the time.
1: Oh, yeah, he was a big fan of that.
0: But I remember you guys going back and forth with uh, the things you were doing in Photoshop and your thumbnail designs. and You know, believe it or not, when I was doing Let's Plays in February of last year, when I was doing one every single day uploading, um, I was like, I need to do a thumbnail design of some sort. I need something that's like it's that's good, and I, I really still like the way that you you had done your thumbnails, where it's kind of that split, so you have text on one side and picture on the other. Right. And I was like, I want to do something similar. We ended up doing a bar across the top, but I, just, I remember thinking about like, man, I gotta I gotta get on this level with these guys, them in their well, Photoshop's and you with yeah, your static <laughs> your your static crowbar particle effects intro bit. It's just
1: so, so smooth. I, I have to, since we were on the topic of him and, and the thumbnails, I have to give all credit to that thumbnail to John Crow. I, I kind of took his old thumbnail design, tweaked it quite a bit, and then shot it over to him and said, hey, I need some help. Can you help me refine this? And he's like, sure, here you go. And so, so all credit to the thumbnails go to him for that. Um, and the, the, the funny thing about that, um, intro bit, that three second, whatever they call that, not stinger, but yeah. Um, the branding title, that was
0: the Sizzler. Sure. It's like the restaurant.
1: Yeah. Uh, terrible steaks. (laughs) 10 out of 10 wouldn't eat again. (laughs) Um, that was, um, actually a, like a. 60 second long two minute long intro bit that i purchased i can't remember the website right now um purchased drm free and then i took that minute or two minute intro clipped out a very small portion mashed a bunch of the same effects together and came up with that um and and that three seconds took like Two and a half hours to render on the ASUS gaming laptop I was using at the time, so that was a lot of fun.
0: Oh man, I, <laughs> you know, talking about like how long things used to take, it's a little weird now, because when we first started collaborating back in the tail end of twenty fourteen, playing Bloody Trapland, I was still using an old Roxio capture card and Roxio editing software. Now, I don't know if I should blame Roxio for making absolute garbage editing software or if I should just be sad at myself and laugh looking back now because of the way that I used to edit things. I would record the audio separately from the gameplay because I had nothing to run the Roxio through. I wasn't using OBS. I was just using their proprietary software. Right. So I would record an audition not audition audacity. And in order to edit, I used to go through the video timeline and let's say at like 3 minutes, 10 seconds, I cough. So I want to edit that out. So I'll go 3 minutes, 10 seconds, make a first cut. 3 minutes, 11 seconds, make a second cut, remove that segment. Then go into the Audacity file, find 3 minutes and 10 seconds, cut it. And then try and do that the whole way through and hope to God the audio lines up by the time it's done.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that sounds horrible.
0: It's like if if there is a hell, it's going to be just me watching myself edit videos from back then. Right. I feel like there's there's a level of hell where you it's like you have to watch someone use software that you're very familiar with, but they don't know any of the keyboard shortcuts. (laughs) Yeah, it's painful. And I think back on it and I'm like, my God, I'm glad I went to school for this.
2: Oh, man, that's horrible.
0: Yeah. Why would
1: you do that? Well, I guess at the time you didn't know any better, so
0: I really didn't. Th-
1: That—that's why you would do it to yourself.
0: I was like a ha, a, a stupid child licking a burner. Was... <laughs> <laughs> then my tongue got stuck, and I was just like, "This is my life now."
1: And we're stuck here. Mmm, tastes like rubber.
0: <laughs> it tastes like burning. <laughs> but bloody trapland, when we, <laughs> when we played that. I'm going to have to link the video in the show notes for anyone who hasn't seen it, because that also spawned a hashtag that never trended, but is still going strong to this day. um, Yes, it is. In our little community. And I think it's great. We were talking about it last night because um, Sarah and Morgan were both friends of mine before I started YouTube. So we did the YouTube thing. And so they are aware of the bloody trapland context of right. the bush and al dm al one of our uh newer hi friends. bestie <laughs> yes <laughs> to the bestie he and i just met like a year or so ago and he's come into the community and become a huge part of it and sarah's like i think it's great that he understands that that's a thing within the community but doesn't know where it came from He's just like, no, what are the, hashtag what are they doing behind the bushes? Is it, It's a yeah, dude, community thing. I don't know why, but I like it.
1: <laughs>
0: and when we were watching some of your older videos the other day, I was like, oh, you guys got to see that time I got Static a uh, a Christmas gift. It's a vlog update. And we got through it. And at the very end, uh, not it was not only that. It was uh, Good Night Moon. That's what it was. I was yes. like, do you guys ever listen to Static read Good Night Moon? And they were like, no. And I'm like, oh, you should so we listen to it and first off they're both like he should read creepypastas and i'm like (laughs) yeah i know because the one time you and i did an scp reading i think that sound clip on soundcloud has more collective downloads and comments than every podcast i've ever produced combined
1: oh my word that is amazing
0: it's i'm gonna have to look it up now but that I yeah, was please. like, it's it's one of those those things that I, I look back on that now and I, I very fondly miss the days when I was too stupid to know better. And I was just <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those, I'm just, I look back on it and I'm like, I didn't try to think about what do I have the capability to do and let's work within those confines. Uh, the thought process was very... What uh, what do I want to do, and how do I make it happen? Uh, let's see. No, I don't want to upload more. Oh, there it is. So, SCP... Yeah, specifically, SCP-087-TAC-2. Because our SCP-087-TAC-1 that we did, the first one we did, mm-hmm. uh, currently only has 224 plays. And one person has <coughs> shared it on SoundCloud. Now, the SCP... Thanks, one
1: person on SoundCloud.
0: Yeah. SCP-087-TAC-2 has three, four, five, six, seven, eight comments, Ooh. all of which are like, oh, God, big old eyes, cool, that static noise scared me shitless, uh, please make more, I am scared, was playing Dota, and then this started playing... <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Thanks, so there's SoundCloud. That. Um, <laughs> but that has a collective 3,472 plays Wow, that three, is incredible 3 reposts and 49 likes and that's like insane for me because <clears throat> was... I, I still get notifications like I think I just recently got one last week that's like so and so likes your sound on SoundCloud and it was that it's always that every time I get an email from SoundCloud, it's that
1: that's awesome.
0: So, but yeah, so that your um, good night moon video ended with, cause I think that was a suggestion for me. If I recall correctly,
1: it, it was, I, I don't know if it was intended as a joke, but it was received as a joke. Like, Oh, well you should read me a bedtime story. And I it was. was like, I will read you a bedtime story. And I spent, like, I don't remember how many hours trying to find that book because I couldn't find a digital format. And I finally found a website that had all the pictures posted on it. And I was like, well, I hope I'm not breaking any laws. And um, I should stop talking before I end up in jail. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, this this will be perfect. I will read him a, a um a bedtime story. And at that time, I I think I had read, I don't know, three or four creepypastas for my um, Static Reads uh, series. And uh, I was like, I'm going to read this in the style of a creepypasta. And that's how that one was born. Because I thought it would be hilarious.
0: It was. It's still so good. We listened to that. We got uh, to the end of it. And you ended it with hashtag, what are they doing behind the bushes? And I swear <laughs> to God, Morgan and Sarah lost their shit. So I'm like, oh, no, this. it's almost like it's almost like when you your eyes are opened to like a secret society that you didn't know about. And all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Or like when you buy a new car and all of a sudden everywhere you're seeing that car, it, right? it was like one of those moments where they're just like, oh, my God, what were they doing behind the bushes go so deep?
1: <laughs> uh, it does go deep behind the bushes. Oh, man.
0: Uh, I That's need to just, amazing. need to just start using that hashtag again because you know, it's like trend that shit.
1: One day it will trend. Mark One my day. words.
0: We've been at it for, oh, geez, f- f- five years now. Four years. Now? Five years? Four? I think it's closer to four. But four num- years, four years. Numbers Bloody wise, it looks like five. Years. Yeah. But someday <laughs> it'll be like the ten-year anniversary of the bushes. We'll just.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, and even to this day, because my editing was so horrible back then, uh, when I want to show people the Bloody Trapland video, I end up finding your edit.
1: Oh, the highlight reel.
0: Yeah. Because I'm like, mine is too long. Should not have it, spent a half an hour watching Bloody Trapland.
1: <laughs> but it was still an enjoyable, you know, 35, 45, hour and a half, however long yours was.
0: <laughs> it's like it was like 30 something. But yeah, it was it was interesting because that I think that was when we like really realized, oh my God, we click
1: right that that was where the bushman started
0: it was moving on from the bushes though it's been quite a while since then Mm -hmm. um at what point was it i remember you kind of starting to fall out of youtube did it become was it easier to make videos for youtube while you were stationed in japan with the marines or is it easier at back at home
2: no,
1: it was it was significantly easier. Um, even when I was working sixty hours a week, um, it was significantly easier for me to produce content um, for YouTube while I was stationed in Japan because I've I've always kind of been the the, the lone wolf. Um, like I get along fine with people, but I I prefer to you know stay in my own little seclusion. secluded world so I would work Monday through Friday and Friday night I'd go get my haircut grab snacks for the weekend and seclude myself in my in my barracks for the the duration of the weekend Saturday I would spend all day recording Saturday night I would start editing Sunday I'd finish editing and schedule my uploads Um, And all that took all weekend because I was trying to record at least three episodes, uh, record, edit and schedule three episodes every single week. Um, And then when I got home, I had this wonderful thing called a wife. Um, and, And the weird thing about being married to someone that you like is that you also enjoy spending time with them. So, when I wasn't working, when she wasn't working, uh, especially since she had a retail a retail schedule, um, we didn't get a whole lot of time together, even though it was just the two of us. So, um, my free time was largely spent with her. Uh, but I was still—I think I was still trying to push out one video a week. Uh, I remember I, I was even doing live streaming uh, occasionally. And uh, I think the last live stream I did, though, was That Dragon Cancer, which, oh, my God, that game. So I've but, heard. Um, oh, I, I cried like a baby. No no game has ever made me cry that hard. Um, and, and of course, I forgot to hit record and didn't have Twitch uh, Twitch set up correctly So all that footage was gone The only oh. people who got to see me cry like a baby Were the ones who were there for the stream Oh man um, And uh, But anyways Reel this back in um, And then I my, my new job As a field service technician That was pushing me To 50-60 hours a week and then i got the brilliant idea to go to school full time online um in an accelerated program so i ended up spending all my time working and doing schoolwork and that was pretty much where i left off um yeah uh, YouTube fell by the wayside and I, I I haven't picked it back up probably won't pick it back up um, at least in the same capacity as I did before so it, it it's not something I, I gave up on it's something that I had to reprioritize and family comes first
0: true that and of course now you've got other projects going on Um, yes how how on earth did you maintain sanity or did you not during the the time where you're like working crazy hours and deciding I'm going to be a full-time student and managing time with the wife
1: lots and lots and lots of caffeine
0: and no Uh, sleep at all
1: very very little sleep I mean even to this day I average four maybe five hours of sleep each night, which that's going to kill me. But you know, I'm, 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 I am enjoying life, so that's okay. But it, to me, it almost sounds cliche to say it, but I would say that a large, a, a large portion of it comes from my military discipline background. Had I not done that, had I not had the military background, I don't think I would have been able to pull all of that off. Something would have broken me. Um, and I say that because I almost did broke many times while I was trying to go through school. So it, it, was, it was tough. And, and now that I'm at this point where I, I have my bachelor's in software design, with an emphasis in programming. And I want to stay as far away from that as possible.
0: <laughs> well, first off, congratulations on, on pushing through all that. And for your time in the military, I was just going to ask if how much that played into your insanity for being up so early and taking on so much. Cause I mean, I take on what everyone around me seems to think is a lot at once. And to me, it's just like, I know I just have a lot of things I really need to do, and I'm going to find a way through it. Um, mm-hmm. For other people that might be taking on m- more than anyone thinks they should, do you have any tips to, to manage your sanity during that time?
1: Yes. Go down to uh, the dollar store or Walmart, um, because there you can buy, like, giant packs of straws. Yeah. Um, that was that was the 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 biggest thing that helped me get through all of it was was well I just used a single straw
0: to suck it up to suck it up you got it, t- it sir it took me a second because I was like <laughs> I know he's made this joke about straws before and I always the last time anyone has like brought up straws as a coping mechanism it was uh, as a means to quit smoking so that's what I think of now if, oh. if you're like oh use I use straws. And I remember when I was trying to quit cigarettes, I would cut straws to about the length of a cigarette. And you just you breathe through it and it helps to to mitigate the the habit and break the the physical habit from the right. chemical dependence on nicotine. And it didn't work at all for me. But
1: uh, well it was a cute idea, right?
0: It was. And you just you get to look like a weirdo with this with your straws.
1: Uh yeah.
0: And of course I ended uh, up <laughs> I ended up taking a nutrition class for my last semester in college and the professor was talking about how chalk is basically just calcium and you could eat it if you wanted to. It would even help with heartburn. And I just imagined like a hardened detective type and he reaches in his coat pocket and instead of pulling out a pack of Marlboro or Mall, he pulls out a pack of chalk,
2: <laughs> just pops one out,
0: puts it in his mouth, starts chewing. Oh, that'd be
1: great. Um... <laughs> But no, uh, all, all joking aside, the the only thing, there were, there were two major factors that helped me see through, quote unquote, to the end, uh, at least of the, the degree, even though I learned probably about halfway through the degree program that that's not what I wanted to do. But I started something, I was going to finish it, um, and that was one i had a very supportive uh wife she's absolutely amazing the the rock in my life and two you know having some type of an end goal in mind you know and in my mind i would lay down that finish line way off in the distance know it's out there know i will get there eventually and then I used my, again, focusing on the education portion, I, w- I was using the, um, not class schedule, but the class schedule uh, um, from this semester and next semester, next semester, and so on and so forth as little breadcrumbs, right? So I was basically ET following the Reese's pieces. Ooh, piece of candy.
2: Ooh, piece, piece of candy. candy.
1: Ooh, piece of candy. Yeah, exactly. And and for me, each one of those pieces of candy were, it, it, it was the next assignment. It was what is due next. And, you know, check off that box. Progress is made. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and, and I applied that to all aspects of my life. The job, that. Okay, maybe not the, 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 the wife aspect, because she's not a, a, a task that I have to check off. She's she's something I, I, I get to spend time with. Someone I get to spend time with. I keep referring to her as she's an object. Women are not objects, people. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> want to state that. Public service <laughs>
0: announcement brought to you by Static Crowbar and the YDG community.
1: You're welcome. So that's now, that the, the cookie crumb or... or um, piece of candy methodology has, has helped me many times in life and, and that certainly helped there.
0: Out of my own curiosity with the schoolwork and whatnot, I found that even though it was things that I wanted to do when I was going through college, I still procrastinated until the like last possible minute. Are Were you the same way or do you have like, does the military background give you the, the discipline to be like, I'm going to start this way before it needs to be done so that way I don't have to worry about it later?
1: Oh, no, the military definitely gives you the the discipline you need and the mindset you need to um, start early so that you have time to revise and, and clean up and make sure that you turn in a very polished uh, uh, whatever it is, assignment, essay, whatever. Um, so... Coming into the civilian sector, um, into college, I threw all of that out the window. <laughs> it's just <laughs> no. I don't have time to start early. I don't have time to to revise and all of this. I have Google. I have Wikipedia sources. I I can put this off until you know uh, it. It's it's due. Really, the only uh, uh, things that I didn't apply that to would be, nope, the final semester. That's all I can think of was the capstone project. Um, and even that, we still had, you know, weekly goals. It was one giant assignment, but there was a lot of components to it. So that's the only reason I didn't start that one late.
0: Was there anything other than work between your time with YouTube and recently you started up doing a, doing work with woodworking and Mm -hmm. started up your blog for woodworking, which is great by the way, kudos. You You have a, you have a very elegant way of writing as far as I'm concerned, but I know it never feels that, it probably doesn't feel that way because everything that I write, everything that I do, I'm like, I don't care what people say, this is garbage. Oh
1: yeah. No, I'm the exact same way. This is, it. I focus, I say the word me and I way too much. And then I zoom out and I go, Oh, it's, it's three paragraphs. That's, that's not that long. Let's go look over here at Anna White's blog, 15 paragraphs. Oh, okay. Well, I feel better. Good. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> now I just got to pony up the money, get rid of those ads on my, on my, wordpress site because that's bugging me but um anything like as far as hobbies go between youtube and now wood is that
0: (laughs) yeah between uh the the rock and the, the hardwood
1: yes uh the adult bookstore and the hardwood so no i can't really i can't really think of anything um there was a stint where I was touring with uh, a 3D printer that I, I I supported on Kickstarter. And that lasted maybe six months. Not necessarily the fault of the printer. Uh, I, I will blame my own ignorance because 3D printing is not like inkjet, inkjet printing. You don't put in a file and poof, Pokemans. Um, it there's there's a whole lot more to it, and and I ended up spending the cost of the printer in replacement components because it it, it kept breaking, um, and 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 I'm sure that was all user error. So it is now a fine uh, specimen of dust sitting right behind me right now. Uh, I I want to tear into it again because it came with a a laser engraver and I want to start incorporating that into my woodworking. But for now it sits in the corner.
0: What was it that pulled you into woodworking?
1: That is a loaded question. Um, I have always enjoyed doing things with my hand. I've always loved creating things, you know, here's this, Nothing or paper, cardboard, choose your medium, whatever. Um, and then let's make it smaller and make it something. Um, I, I, I have played with wood. Um, keep your minds out of the gutter, people. Since <clears throat> I was, I don't know, probably eight or nine years old making stuff with, uh, with my dad. Um, so I've always wanted to get into woodworking. Uh, it wasn't until I was actually stationed in Japan where I found this gentleman by the name of Mark Spagnolo, AKA the wood whisperer. And then I started learning about fine furniture and, and fine woodworking. And, you know, there's more to woodworking than building houses, which sounds super obvious, but until you actually dig into it, you know, it's, it's a whole new world. Um, and, but I, I never had the means to do much with wood because, um, I was always living in apartments or, um, I was always way too strapped for cash. Um, and then stationed in Japan and then when I got out here back to California I I wanted to start picking up woodworking I started becoming obsessed with it and then when we bought our first house uh, just over a year ago I finally at the age of 30 had a garage that I could put tools into and um I, I finally found my my creative passion, my drive, in taking these raw, rough, splintery boards and turning them into things. You know, making jewelry boxes, making cutting boards. Um, which right now that's basically the extent, but that'll change soon, and. There's, there's a certain level of satisfaction, and I'm sure that you can relate to this. Um, starting with nothing, piling on mud, and then scraping away the outer layer to create this beautiful work of art. And it's just, it's it. Un, unless you've actually done that, it's it's almost impossible to capture the satisfaction that comes out of that
0: where do you where do you see it going or is it just a kind of day-to-day keep pursuing things and one step at a time kind of deal or do you actually have a a rough idea of where you'd like to be with your your woodworking projects you know years from now
2: years from now um
1: i've i've been toying around with this i don't want to get pigeonholed into a specific segment of the market. I don't want to become the jewelry box guy or the cutting board. I don't want to become the cutting board guy. Um, And I certainly don't want to get into, you know, cabinetry or or things like that. Um, Because then you have to build things to other people's vision. And that's great and it's it's a good way to make money but it's not really what i want to do so in a perfect world i'll do kind of a mix of uh commission projects and projects for myself where i make and sell plans and instructional videos and things like that um online so that one i get to build what i want to build and two uh, i get that secondary uh, residual income coming in from that so that i can afford to build what i want to build so that's kind of the the pipe dream right now but uh i mean i only officially started woodworking back in september october time frame uh and and this year's largely going to be spent um Building shop furniture so that I can build other projects later. So, a- ask me again in about a year.
0: You know, that's it's something I've heard a lot from the the people that I've talked with, the creatives I've talked with uh, over the last year and some months of do, or no, about a year of doing AV Underground is the the struggle between okay, I'm in this this creative field now, but there are set standards of what people expect and what other people want me to do and what people think I should be doing if I want to make money. You know, when it comes to the film and video world, everyone's like, oh, you should be filming weddings. You should be taking photos of weddings and doing family events and gatherings and things like that. You should be doing this. Um, And I had this conversation with Joe for an episode that'll air later on about his art. And I was like, why is it that you're not taking commissions anymore? And he's like, "I, I can't, get emotionally behind other people's visions. Like, it's great that they have what they want and their dreams, but if I can't get emotionally invested in it, it's not going to end up as good as I want it to. He's like, I want to just make what I want to make, and people will love it or hate it and go from there. And I'm kind of in the same boat with a lot of the stuff I'm working on. So it's, it's nice that it's like, it's kind of all over the place as far as uh, people want to make and do things differently than what a lot of other people are saying you should do.
1: Right. And that's, that's a beautiful way to word that it's, it's kind of the, it's the difference between being in business for yourself and having a job. You know, you go to work nine to five, let's say five days a week, 40 hours a week, building someone else's dream or you can go home at the end of the day or even better wake up in the morning and build your dream which one's going to excite you more
0: yeah i think the struggle that i found for most people and that i mean a lot of us are still dealing with because i think when people get there they don't know how to explain how they got there Uh, Which is part of why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place is to talk to people who haven't like exploded and are you know rolling in more money than they know what to do with. I'm not here to interview the Casey Neistats of the world. I'm here to talk to the people that are starting off because I think people, when they find success and can do whatever they want to be doing, it's hard for them, I think, to come back and recall the steps they took to get there. It's just kind of, oh, I, I just did the same thing that I was doing a lot and eventually things worked out. But it's it's difficult for a lot of people that I've talked to with, you know, you're trying to work for yourself and build your own dream. But at the same time, part of you is like, well, how, who's going to pay me to do what I want to do? How right. how does this become something that I can? And it's not necessarily that people want to, you know, strike it rich off of whatever they're doing. You know, that's I don't foresee myself being a, a wealthy Twitch streamer. But when it's something that you're invested in that you want to do with your time, you want more time to do it. And a lot of our time as as humans, I think, is taken up working for other people and working because we have to, you know, pay the bills to keep the house and especially in the case where you're supporting a family. So it's, I think it's less for a lot of people, the the dream of, I want to make big money and just the, I want more time in my life to be dedicated to my dreams and the things I want to do
1: exactly exactly there's a there's a really good reason the starving artist stereotype exists uh, because those are people who are passionate about their art whether it's music or painting or poetry or twitch streaming or what have you but they're not making money at it, but they're enjoying it. They're happy about their path because they're passionate about it. And there's, there's a lot to be said about someone who is passionate for something. Um, And it's, it's truly phenomenal. When, When you talk to someone who is passionate about whatever it is, as long as it's, you know, constructive and positive um it it, it's they're amazing people to be around uh and, and i'm sure you've come across this a lot more than me just in doing av underground alone but when you talk to someone who's passionate about what they're doing regardless of if there's money in it you get them started talking about their passion you can't shut them up and that to me is amazing. I love talking to those people.
0: I agree hundred percent. They are. Yeah. I have a, a buddy of mine who when we were both working at the factory full time, like forty to fifty-six hours a week, depending on if they force us, and he, he had decided I'm also going to be a volunteer fireman. So he started taking all the training and volunteering at the fire department and became I think he's almost full-time he might still be part-time. He's doing all sorts of stuff now, but I remember, you know, we have like, you have fire safety meetings when you work in a, a, a manufacturing facility like that. You have other sorts of safety meetings and they're boring as all heck. But I was like, listening to him talk about fire science and the types of things that he was learning, I could have listened for hours. Did I have a was I predisposed to liking and wanting to get into that field? No. But listening to him talk and be so passionate about something, I was like, dude, I could listen to you talk about this for for days because you are just so lit up and your energy is bringing me energy and right? I'm getting excited for it.
2: Right. It's like I have no idea what you're talking about, but I want to hear more.
0: Exactly. And I love that. I've tried to surround myself with as many of those kind of people that are just lit up for what they're doing, because it's really that whole 20% rule where you emulate the five people you hang around the most. And that's one of the things you keep hearing or that I keep hearing from. I do a lot of or used to do a lot of browsing on YouTube for success stories and tips from you know, people like Warren Buffett and these big and high end millionaires and self-improvement types. And one of the things that kept coming up was the people that you hang around will shape who you are. And so I try and surround myself with other people who are just lit up for whatever they're doing, who are passionate about something that's maybe out of the ordinary. You know, it's not to say I wouldn't have any friends that are like passionate about getting into the medical field. Cause like, if you have a passion for it, great. If you're just like, I want to do this because it'll make me a lot of money. And all I want is to go to work, make a lot of money, come home and enjoy what I've made then that's that's fine for you but I've yeah. also found a lot of people that get driven crazy by I mean there are people out there Ooh. and it it used to enrage me when I had started going to college and I had decided I'm gonna quit my factory job and go work part-time at Dunkin Donuts and people were like why why would you quit a full-time job why would you and I'm like I needed to focus on school that's like that's more important to me And but there are people out there that are perfectly fine, hating themselves eight hours a day to go home and be able to relax and do whatever they want to do, which I found with a lot of those people is just unwind and drink a lot. Yep. And I never until recently, I wasn't able to come to terms with the fact that there are people out there that are just fine with mediocrity. Like maybe they don't have dreams of their own or maybe they're just not interested. Maybe they are perfectly happy and content working for someone else's dreams and going through yep. their life, making as few waves as possible. Because for me, it's always been like I, I have dreams and things I want to do and I have to pursue them. Yes. There is no other option.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, are you familiar with the, the, the crabs in a bucket metaphor?
0: I am because I brought that up a lot when I was working at the factory. <laughs> that and, um, is
1: that is my my favorite way of surmising those those negative people. And 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 the, the, the sad truth of the matter is a, a, a lot of for those who don't know, if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket. If a single crab tries to climb out of that bucket to freedom, all the other crabs will pull them down. They, they So if you put one crab in the bucket, he'll get out. If you put two crabs in a bucket, they will never get out. They are stuck in that bucket until they die or they are removed. Um, and, and this is very much uh, an apt metaphor for these people who, I don't want to use the word enjoy, but who are content working for someone else's dream. Um, and the, the sad truth is a lot of these people, they don't even mean to be negative, but it's just the idea of putting an extra effort to pursue your own goals, your own passions, your own dreams. Um, is, it's such a foreign concept to them that they don't know how to react and the natural reaction when you don't know how to react to something is negative because it's different, you know?
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and that's... I,
1: it's just I, sad.
0: It, it's It's sad. It's frustrating, especially if you're... You know, coming from a situation where I was working third shift factory life, and a lot of the people that I had surrounded myself with were people I worked with. And a lot of those people are crabs in a bucket. Yes. A lot of them I don't speak with anymore. Uh, If anyone that I used to work with at the factory is still talking to me, uh, and we still hang out, and you're listening to this, I'm not referring to you. Because we are still hanging out. (laughs) But... um, there were just too many people that are like, why bother chasing yourself? Don't, don't bother trying to climb mountains to find yourself. It's just st- be here. It's the same everywhere else. That was the one thing that really pissed me off. I had, uh, I had a few people that, you know, I was like, I want to find something better. There has to be something better than factory life. And they're like, it's the same everywhere you go. Don't bother. Just stay here. And I I find it hard to believe that it's the same everywhere. One of the other things that really got me going was uh, when people say, don't make your passions into work because then you'll hate them. And I made it a point whenever I went to uh, anime conventions to talk with some of the artists and the creators that are there, you know, selling their their hard work and the things that they love doing and being like, you know, if, if this is your livelihood, do you resent it? Do you hate that you've done this to yourself? Or do you really like what you do? And I don't think I have ever had anyone respond to me with, no, I hate this now that I do it, but I really need to pay the bills. You know, everyone that you talk to at conventions like that, which I think is what makes him so, so good at selling whatever it is they've made, is that they're passionate people. Yes, You, you start talking to any of the artists in Artist Alley or any of the crafters and start talking about, like, the things that they've done, the books that they've written, the comics they've put together – uh, whatever it is, and the the passion is there, and all of a sudden you are like, please just take my money, right? And I think and- that's a lot of what's missing from people these days with uh, trying to start up their own YouTube channels and trying to start streaming on Twitch. That's why I tell people they're like, "Well, what are you what are you doing on Twitch?" I am like, "Oh, streaming video games. I I intend to make maybe not a a really substantial living at it, but enough where I can dedicate more time to it." And they're like, well, yeah, but everybody wants that life. And I'm like, yeah, but not everyone has the determination and the will to push through it. Not everyone is passionate enough about it to continue going through it. If years down the line, you're still not seeing a return.
1: Exactly. You know, people exactly. get into it
0: and they want to make the money off it. And if that doesn't show up, then you can tell in their personality that they're not really into this. They're not lit up by it.
1: Right. They're they're, they're there to collect a paycheck. And, and, and that's... I just, my brain flatlined. I was going <laughs> to tie in and, and and add to this conversation. You had said uh, that people, oh, justifying, justifications. There we go. There's my, my train of thought. So people will justify their lot in life and f- try to almost force that down your throat. You know, they use expressions such as, well, money won't buy you happiness. Like, how would you know? Have you had enough money to try? <laughs> uh, and, and and things like that. And specifically because you had said, um, you know, it, don't turn your passion into work because then it becomes a job and you'll hate it. Like, have you tried? And, and I almost feel, because I have spoken to people who quote unquote tried to turn their passion into a, a job, which is the wrong mindset to begin with, um, because jobs are just voluntary slavery. Um, but the, there's a certain way to go about it, I feel. and And this is what I'm currently in the process of attempting to pursue, is if you take your passion and try to use conventional means to turn it into income, that t- ties right back into what we were saying earlier about how you're still working for someone else's vision, someone else's dream. You know, Their dream is I want this picture to look exactly like this, but that's not your art style. Well, now it's work and it's not fun it's not enjoyable because it's not your art style right but if you but if you can you know like the thomas Kincaids, he had a specific art style and he made a killing off of his art style um and obviously he's one of the outliers but he's well known so that's why i use him um but if you can make your passion work for you, then you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy waking up and going to quote unquote work every day of your life. Um, You know, just like Josh Foreman. I think that's one of the greatest examples uh, out there. He's not a multi multi-millionaire, but he loves what he does, you know? So that's, yeah. That's kind of who I try to emulate my life after are, are the people, the, the, the Josh Foreman's of the world.
0: Likewise. Now my brain's flatlining. Train of thought boarding at station.
1: <laughs> it's it's really early. I've, I don't know about you, but I've only had one cup of coffee.
0: I haven't had any coffee yet today, which is oh boy, a sin.
1: you're you're a brave, brave soul.
0: Well, I've gone without coffee for the first three weeks out of the year which was murder, and caffeine withdrawals are a very real thing.
1: They sure um. are. Been there, done that.
0: <laughs> but I was at the point where I was like four cups of coffee a day at work because I was bored. I even said that to my my boss, uh, was like, I, you haven't had any coffee today. And I was like, no, I'm, I gave up coffee for a little while. I need to work it out of my system. And he's like, why? And I was like, because, sir, i I make coffee when I'm bored. And I'm bored eight and a half hours out of my day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he got a good <laughs> chuckle out of it. Like my I have to give kudos. My my boss is like easily the chillest boss I've I've had in a long time. Which That is, is amazing. It's crazy because I've had a lot of really chill bosses, to be completely honest. I don't think I've ever except for my factory life. Like I've I'd never really had a boss that was a hard ass. They're usually just really chill and they understand, like, I'm there to do my job to the best of my capacities and not make waves.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, and he knows I do my work. He knows I'm bored with it, but you know, we kind of have that mutual, like I keep doing good work and I'll stay employed there. So, (laughs) (laughs) so we joke about it a lot, but yeah, so I have had no coffee yet this morning. I keep intending to, I told myself like, I'm going to treat coffee the way that I treat alcohol. Like if I'm going to have any it's not going to be shitty watered down piss just for the sake of the the chemical effects. It's going to be, you know, like I, I actually brewed oh, coffee man. myself at home as opposed to, oh, I popped this in the Keurig to to help get me by because I was fiending.
1: There's nothing wrong with a Keurig.
0: There's everything wrong with a Keurig. Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> uh, the machinery itself
0: is fine. The idea of, of the K-Cups is what kills me inside.
1: Yeah, and I, I do use my fair share of K-Cups, but uh, more recently I've, I have been actually, because I do enjoy coffee, I enjoy the flavor, uh, I, I have been actually brewing fresh ground uh, beans um, in the Keurig.
0: So, do you have a? uh, You have your own grinder then?
1: Yeah, I have got I actually have two coffee grinders: one for coffee beans, and one for shellac. Go back into (laughs) woodworking. Uh,
0: is it your coffee grinder? Is it is it a burr grinder or a blade grinder?
1: It is a. Oh shoot!
0: You know that's that's one of the questions that was asked to me when I was my audio course that I was taking through college. Um. It was a new professor when I got in and my first uh, few interactions with him, we started mm-hmm. talking about coffee because I am I'm not necessarily a coffee connoisseur, but I know my way around coffee. Right. And um, we were, we started talking about, you know, if you want a really good cup of coffee, you have to grind your own beans. Ideally, you're going to roast them yourself, too, but not everyone has the capacity, the knowledge or the time. Yeah. So he was. He was the he's the type that roasts his own beans and then also oh, wow. will grind them while they're fresh. Um, but so then I was like, yeah, I grind my own beans. He's like, do you have a blade grinder or a burr grinder? And I'm like, it's a blade grinder because it was cheap and it was a gift that I got. And he, he gave me that coffee snob look of like, tsk, tsk. tsk. Uh,
1: <laughs> he's like,
0: if you want an even grind of coffee, you need to invest in a burr grinder. And I'm like, don't oh, trust me. I know. But I can't afford those things right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. It's, it's crazy. I love how coffee is like the go to drink slash drug for the creative working world. I mean, obviously, it's, it's more of a, a staple for, you know, like office workers and things like that because they're, they're just trying to stay awake and mitigate sleep. But I found. At least with myself, like I use coffee more as a way of like I'm way too inspired to sleep right now, but my body's getting tired. I'm having coffee um, <laughs> just to, to mitigate sleeping when I, I need to be awake and I need to like take what's in my head and put it out there, even if it's just on a notepad. But yes, because when I when I initiated uh, when I interviewed Mooncat for for the show, um, she was having coffee when we met up. And I don't know how you take yours, but she's like, I just had a coffee black. And I'm like, how? How do you black coffee? Um,
1: How do you not black coffee? That's the only way to coffee.
0: uh, Unless you are predisposed to be able to taste tannins, in which case it's bitter as fuck. But I'm working my way towards black coffee. But she was like, you know what the secret is, is uh, brown sugar. And I'm like, I never thought about Brown
1: sugar. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I've never tried. I've never needed to try it. That's uh, fair. To, to be fair, I used to hate coffee. And then uh, I had the opportunity to work at Starbucks. And obviously, during the interview, I loved coffee. I was all about that coffee life. And it, through working there, I, I developed a very unhealthy addiction to coffee and, and caffeine in general. And and the weird thing is Starbucks coffee, I'm just talking about the beans. We're, we, we can white girl out later, but the beans themselves, it's it's all garbage. It's all super bitter. Um, they've had maybe two roasts that I have ever liked. One was an Arabian mocha Sinani, which was like $20 for uh, a one pound bag. And which is getting way up there. Yep. And the other one was a holiday blend that they had like two years ago. That's it. Everything else is way too bitter.
0: You know, I had started doing uh, custom cold brew when I was still working at Dunks. Uh, not something I did at work, but something I did at home because I was looking into cold brew before Duncan's decided they were going to start doing that. Cause my brother is like, I would consider my brother the, the coffee connoisseur of the family. Okay. He's all about that Starbucks life. I mean, more so like independent cafes that he'll go to and and get coffee at but and making his own. But I had started doing – I was like, I want to get in on the the hipster culture. I'm going to start making my own cold brew. But I'm going to like store that cold brew in mason jars with cardboard tags. And it has to have something video game related tied into it. So the first one that I did, a buddy of mine wanted some cold brew because he's like, dude, I love coffee and I game a lot and I need something to keep me awake for like long gaming binges. Get me some cold brew. And he bought a one pound bag of Death Wish beans.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So he's like, I will buy you this if you make me a batch of cold brew and you can keep the remaining coffee beans. And I was like, hell yes. So I made a batch of cold brew from death wish coffee beans and it steeped for 16 hours. And for the last hour and a half of the steeping process, I set the container next to my record player and I let it play the, um, the it's the ambient soundtrack, not the musical soundtrack for fallout three. So sounds of the wasteland.
1: That's amazing.
0: So I I would write on the tag, um, wasteland cold brew, type of beans, death wish, catalyst, water, um, special, instru- or special um, brewing instructions, listen to the sounds of the wasteland for two hours.
1: That is amazing.
0: And I, I wrote all this stuff on the tag and I put the tag and tied it with a string onto the jar, brought it down to them. And of course, I don't know if you've done cold brew before, but... When we did it for Dunkin's, it's like you you have a certain ratio of coffee to water, and that brews and steeps for 12 hours. And then once it's done, that it becomes an extract. And then you mix that, like, one part extract to two parts water, and it gets watered down, but it's still really strong. The stuff that I brought him was just the concentrate, the extract. And he just pops – yeah, so it's a concentrated extract, but it's not as acidic or bitter as regular coffee. So he pops the jar open, and he just didn't drink the whole thing. He drank like a few sips straight, and he was like, oh my God, I love it. Like, I can already feel my heart humming. <laughs> I was like, be careful, man. Like, that's intended to be watered down, but I mean, by all means, drink it straight.
2: I can hear colors. <laughs>
0: But that was another one of those things that I – it was another one of those things I thought maybe uh, maybe I could make this a thing. I'll just do custom cold brews for people. I got experimental with it, man. I, I did one that was – um, it wasn't death wish beans. It was a different uh, different type of coffee beans. But instead of using water as the catalyst for it, I used um, coconut milk. Ooh. So it's steeped in coconut milk. It looked like cookies and cream because it's just free-floating yeah. coffee grounds. And yeah, then yeah. I filtered it out and – it had this like grayish like if you've ever had cookies and cream and you mix the shit out of it in your bowl it's just mm-hmm. like that kind of grayish color it looked like that it's pretty good to be honest but uh, it was I mean was, it
1: sounds good sounds sounds kind of sweet
0: it was a bitch to strain because yeah i bet Coconut's coconut milk thick. is so thick yeah but i may like, end like up
1: like joe blaze art style
0: exactly extra thick I, <laughs> part of me wants to see if I can use sparkling water as a catalyst and make sparkling coffee
1: I don't see why you couldn't I mean even over 16 hours you shouldn't lose all of the carbonation
0: yeah I'm gonna have to give it a go see how it works out especially where they're like, there are like French vanilla flavored seltzers I think that'd be interesting because seltzer is not sweet but having that vanilla flavor in it I'm getting off topic. We're talking coffee now. We um, are
1: talking. We've been talking coffee for like 12, uh, 15 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so back on the back on topic, though, of speaking
1: um, of passion,
0: speaking of passions. So what are what are you working on now? Aside from um, the blog, I know you just posted one the other day. I know you posted the Instagram link. And yes. I'm proud to say that. Yadude yeah was the first Instagram follower that Static Woodworks had
1: and I am honored for that uh and and then every follower I've had since then I'm up to a uh, I, I think five now every one of them has come from yeah dude so far uh oh nope I lied there there was a bot that followed me this morning
0: okay have you done much with Instagram before nope this is my first time
1: my first foray into Instagram
0: are you on Android
1: I am on Android. Uh,
0: in that case, I would look up, uh, there's an app called Lee Tags, L-E-E-T-A-G-S, L-E-E-T-A-G-S okay. or Leet, or Elite Tags. I don't know how they want to pronounce it, but uh, it, basically it'll search for hashtags. So if you wanted to post like a jewelry box that you made, you can look up woodworking jewelry box and it'll give you every tag relevant to that and how oh. frequently they're used. I'm searching um, the app
1: store for that right now. Thanks.
0: Yeah. it It made a huge difference for me. Because I I ended up buying a book on how to be good at Instagram. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them, but it was from uh, the Buff Nerds, and I'll have to send you the link for that. It's it's a it was very helpful, and that was one of the things they suggested was like make sure you're properly using hashtags. And I was like, there's hashtags are bullshit. I hate people that use those, and right. uh, then. I took a couple of photos for my main account. I had like 90 followers at the time over the last like years of being on Instagram and I took some photos of the building I work in because the architecture is nice and I, as someone who spent a few years as a draftsman in high school, like I have an appreciation for architecture. I'm sure it has almost nothing to do with the fact that I was doing drafting. It's just that architecture is beautiful. But I posted it, and I I searched architecture in the tags, and picked like a good twenty tags that had to do with it, and photography, and all of a sudden I'm seeing followers just like pour in because people follow hashtags.
1: That's amazing.
0: It's the same thing with um with yeah, dude. We gained like fifty followers in a couple of weeks because I started using podcasting hashtags.
1: <coughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that. It's
0: worth Um, it. And if you can get into that, like, you know, being that you, the account's still fairly new, like you'll be, uh, you'll be at a better place. I think going forward, get more people into what you're doing, link back to your website, your, uh, your blog.
1: Sweet. Um, but uh, to your question, currently, um, the, the social media aspect and the blog, uh, as I mentioned, I do want to get into the education portion of this. Right now I'm kind of doing uh, and, and AV Underground was actually a, a big inspiration for this because um, originally I was going to do a website where I would post um, finished projects and, and, and offer stuff for sale and that's it. Um, but uh, AV Underground is all about you know, documenting that creative prog- uh, uh, um, creative process and progress and you know from start to finish how you get from a to b um and or and and all of that stuff so i was like well screw it i don't know what i'm doing let's document it anyway um and so my social media is all about that the blog is all about that it's my journey to become i don't know if i'll ever become a master woodworker which is an actual title but um, I certainly want to become a good competent woodworker uh, preferably with all fingers intact and um, so that's that's what the social media aspect is Uh, as far as what I'm working on right now well today I'm building an outfeed table for the table saw so that wood doesn't just fall onto the floor after I push it through so that's exciting stuff
0: <laughs> what a great thing to have
1: uh I think so we'll 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 see once it's done hopefully it works okay
0: I mean it sounds exciting like i get super pumped up whenever I'm doing anything for our recording studio like if we're getting new equipment or i'm deciding to tweak some things or clean organize rearrange uh work on changing audio settings whatever the case is and getting things set up and I'm like super amped about it but half the time I'm like, I want to tell everyone in the world about like all this exciting shit that I'm doing, but I don't think anyone really would care about the, the process that goes into what ends up being, you know, creating our podcast, creating the live streams. And I've, I, I'm guessing that you probably get the same way with uh, building your workshop because it's one of those things that you just see come together over time.
2: Right. Well,
1: Here's the interesting thing, and and I'm sure it's the exact same thing with, with podcasting. Building anything in the shop, what, what we collectively and creatively call shop projects, if you can believe it. Um, wow. That's that, a right? stretch. I know. I know. Use your imagination.
0: All but right. I'm working with you. Go on.
1: The idea of shop projects is super boring, super dull, like you know, we, we don't get into woodworking to build shop projects. They're, they're kind of a necessary evil, but they're also like, at least on, on YouTube, they're some of the most highly viewed videos, you know, how to build a flip top cart for your, your planer and your sander, how to build a tool storage cabinet, how to build a bench, um, there's, there's actually a guy by the name of, um, I believe it's Chris Schwartz. Um, may the Schwartz be with you. Who his a, a good chunk of his income is based on the books he has written on workbenches. So, even though to us the creators, even though shot projects are a necessary evil that we just, we got to get through so we can get onto the stuff we want to build. There's a huge market for people who are interested in that because they too are building their shop and they want to get ideas and they want to see how other people did it so they can incorporate those ideas into how they do it. Um, I know when I was in, in YouTube um, I was scouring the internet constantly for videos such as that and at the time uh, even back in 2013-2014 there really wasn't a whole lot of content devoted to setting up a proper um, studio for recording let's plays or audio or anything like that
0: now it's all over the place. I keep getting recommendations for like how to have the best twitch setup, how to set up a studio for YouTube.
1: yeah, um, exactly and and that's because people want that kind of content. so i I don't know I, I almost regret that I don't have a proper video setup because I would definitely be recording um, these projects because I know that they would get views.
0: they would. For what it's worth coming from an outside perspective, I found like the first blog post that you put up kind of detailing the whole, I don't know what I'm doing, bear with me. Um, But like the comedy in it uh, is, it really like pulled me in and it's very much how you were saying if, if someone's passionate about something, you could listen to them talk about it forever. And woodworking is not necessarily a passion of mine. I find it interesting. It's not necessarily a passion of mine, but reading your first blog, I was like, I, I really like where this is going because it's you're new enough in it, I think, and not using all sorts of fancy jargon that I don't understand as a reader who's not into woodworking. So I'm able to relate even though it's not my my path. But well, I thought it was very good and I, I really hope you continue with it.
1: I uh, uh, thank you for saying that. And I, I am humbled to hear that. And I am absolutely going to continue, uh, doing that because that's something that I can actually, again, using Josh Foreman as an example, that is one thing that I can do related to my passion while still being with my family, because I can do that on the couch. Um, as long as I take all the pictures ahead of time, I, I can't, I can't take them into the shop with me because let, let's face it, uh, my wife has zero desire to do what I do in the garage and and, and mini crowbar is a little too young for, for ear pro and eye pro at this age. So I've got to wait until she's, you know, at least communicative.
0: You know, I I heard Morgan the other day lovingly refer to mini crowbar as mini bar. <laughs> and I went, that is wonderful. Why haven't we been using that?
2: Oh man, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> static mini bar.
1: Static mini bar. Just please don't ever refer to her as a wet bar. Although if she fills a diaper, I guess that then it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I figured I had to tell you. I had to let you know. That is figured amazing. Thanks
1: it. for that, Morgan.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't want to keep you for too long. We've already been been at it for a while, and I'm sure we could just sit here and talk for days on end. But um, for the the people that are looking to find you, I'll put links in the show notes to both your blog and your Instagram. Is there any anything else that I should uh, put in there for people?
1: Uh, just quote, high five your friend today end quote uh I'm, I'm still working on getting set up on the other uh, uh social media's, the the twitters and the um oh the other one the the company that owns instagram facebook wow that one
0: <laughs> that's the one <laughs> oof
1: oof Big oof Wow big oof <laughs> I, I've avoided that company for so many years that now it, to be I, fair I, I think you're yeah.
0: probably safe to continue avoiding them but as someone who owns an oculus rift uh, I don't think you've been doing a great job of avoiding them
1: I have not and and I, I've said it before I'll say it again I prefer the oculus to the HTC I am a heathen
0: uh, for for those that are listening if you want to tear them apart in the comments go for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I accept this.
0: Oh, but static. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning to be on the show and giving us a little insight into your your past, your present, and we'll see where the future takes you.
1: And thanks for having me. This was this was a lot of fun.
0: Glad. I hope it's a good way to start your morning. Terrific. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for for being here. Thanks for popping by and having a listen. And we will see you again with more AV Underground next week. Until then, keep creating.
1: Hashtag, what are they doing behind the bushes? Anywho's comrades, I'm joined by my very own guitar guy. He's a excitable little fellow over there. He's going to be helping me out with this. So yes, yes, you. Yeah, come on. I want you to play us a little riff. Let's see what you got there. See if he's any good. Yeah, I can work with this. Uh, last warning, I can't say. So, uh, if you're still
2: watching, brace your earbrums. I take pride in the way I look And I know how to cook I enjoy going to the mall And I know what not to wear in fall, But no, I'm not gay I swear I'm not gay I wrote this song just to say Take my word I'm not gay Pretty simple Not gay Yeah I also told you I couldn't sing I don't say oh my god Oh my god When a holy shit will do the job I enjoy looking at breasts And I love the feel of a woman's chest So you see, I'm not gay Where I'm not gay I wrote this song, so you'll hear me say You gotta believe me I'm not gay Pick it up now!
1: There we go This next verse gets a little vulgar there, children You're easily offended your ears
2: I like my women pretty stacked and I prefer to keep my fudge unpacked It's a naughty not a ninny I read twilight under the willow But that doesn't mean I like to bite my pillow So you see I'm not gay He's not gay That won't change from day to day Day to day I am as straight as the month of May What? So you see? I'm not gay! Yeah.